doing? This is Ryan from Airborne, and you're rocking out to maximum threshold. Go get a speed ticket. Automatic defense procedures initiated. What we've got here is... Maximum voltage. Maximum power. Maximum carnage. This is Maximum Threshold. Call the show at... 440-709-4977. Maximum Threshold. And here's your hosts, Dom. And he's actually quite smart. He just makes errors of judgment along the way. going on out there and i want to thank you again for tuning in this week's edition of the maximum threshold radio show episode 564 i think it is Woo, man i just say man it's um just rolling right along oh man my mic a little too loud i don't want to be blowing your guys ears up yeah so um whoo man i got a lot of these interviews from um incarceration be thrown at you uh, tonight, we have on the show Kevin, guitarist and Buck Cherry. That's a pretty cool interview. You guys will dig this. Uh, we talk. I don't think we talk a lot about Buck Cherry. I think we talk more about LA music in the '80s and um, and stuff like that. Man, it's it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Listen, and um, I really enjoyed this. This was like the best interview I did on the weekend. 
there at the incarceration festival. And we did a lot of interviews, me and Bill. George even came in at the end and knocked out a good, nice little handful. We were like, man, just go for it. Shit, man, we can't do it. I, can't. I mean, I can interview and stuff, but I'm like, I'm letting you jump in and let you, because George is really good at interviewing. So we're just like, man, just go for it. And he just took over and just was having a blast. <laughs> that guy's a pro at this shit, man. So you'll be seeing him doing a lot more stuff for MT. And I think he's also going to be reaching out, helping Bill out over there at the main Cleveland as well. But it's cool, man, because George is a good guy and all. So, um, oh, I want to I want to talk to you about this. If you guys need tickets, you want to come see your Maximum Threshold guys up on stage, October 19th, uh, you'll see Voltan. We'll be playing at the legendary Cleveland Agora, uh, doing a little string show with... Um, Quiet Riot, you may have heard of them over the years, many moons ago. So they'll be coming through the Cleveland area, and um, of course, Voltan was asked to be on the bill. And why not? It's going to be, it's, it's, it's by AEG, as well as WMMS, uh, the radio station out here in Cleveland. So they're putting this on, and let's just say Paul, our singer, man, he's in both opening bands. Motherfucker. <laughs> So um, he's going to have his hands full, but you get to if you want to come in, you get to meet Michael and myself. Uh, we'll be there, well, of course. We'll be on the stage as well, of course, because we're playing, duh. And but you get to see us if you want. So we're, not, we're getting a lot of uh, messages, text messages, as well, and emails. People always wondering how they can meet us in person at some some venues. A lot of a lot of people have met us over at a bunch of different uh, concerts and festivals over the years, which is really cool. It's so nice to interact with the listeners. I mean, it means a lot to us. So I just want to toss it out there. So if you guys need tickets to this event on October 19th, it's a Saturday night at the Cleveland Agora. Just message me, mtrshow at gmail.com. Once again, it's mtrshow at gmail.com. Uh, we'll get you tickets, man. Tickets are only 10 bucks, And it's going to be a really good night. It's a Halloween bash from the radio station. And they're going all out on us. So if you get, if you want to go for a little, make a little trippy-poo, go ahead. Uh, you can make your arrangements. Um, I got I got some tickets over here. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at them right now. So I also set up a thing up on our Voltan page at voltanrocks.com. Click on there. It says tickets or something like that. That'll take you right into there, and you can purchase tickets right there on the site. I mean, you, what you do is when you when you buy them on there, it'll send me an email or message. And what to do is what I when as soon as I get that, I'll I'll go out and get some stamps and I'll mail you out your tickets uh, the next day. So I'm gonna do it like that. It's real cheap. You're not gonna pay all these fees and all that crap. We're just gonna charge you fifty cents or whatever just for the ticket for the ticket. $10 for a ticket and $0.50 cents for the um, stamp. i got to get a stamp for it. So, Okay, man. Um, like I said, it's going to be Quiet Riot, Voltan, and Shock Frenzy going to be at the show October 19th at the Cleveland Agora. Be there. Don't be a shithead. <laughs> we got people coming in from New York, L.A. Um, I got some people that were talking. They were coming in from Canada, too, as well, up in Quebec. So, um, wow, people, Columbus, a lot of Columbus people are coming up for this. So, um, it's going to be huge, man. Make your way up there. And like I said, I have your tickets. If you need them, you just got to message me and send me $10 so I can get them out to you. Sucker. <laughs> okay. Like I was saying tonight on the show, we got the interview with Kevin, the guitarist from Buck Cherry. He's only been in the band a couple of years. Yeah, but guy had a cool little history behind him, and me and him like hit it right off, and it was a cool, cool interview, man. You're gonna dig this tonight. I got I got a lot of new music I'm gonna throw at you. If you guys are listening to us live, you'll get to hear all, you get to hear all the stuff I have on the board here. I got some new John Five. I got um, some new Graham Bonnet live. I have new the new Volbeat. I got some Suicidal Angels. I got the brand new Riot. It's live. And I get the new Live Sin. 
Uh, let's see. Um, I think that's it for the the new stuff that came out this week. Uh, but I got I'll get you like the Slipknot and the other stuff that also came out as well. So yeah, keep checking back and stuff and stuff and stuff. And like I said, we'll have more stuff for you. Okay. Well, I'm going to roll right in. Let's get this ball rolling. And let's let's start off with this interview with Kevin with Buck Cherry, man. Like I said, thank you again for tuning in. Subscribe, man. If you're listening, wherever you're listening to us, man, thanks for listening to us. Not just subscribe wherever you're at so you can get it every week from us. Because this is a weekly show. We've been doing this like 13 years or something. I think it's going on 14 in October. <sighs> man, that's... It's fun, man. I enjoy doing this. I do this for you guys. And that's it. There's no money in this. Do it for the love of it. <laughs> okay, I'm out of here. I'll see you guys um, after this interview. Don't go anywhere. Man. It's not real long either. This is Dominic and Max with Threshold Radio. And I also have Bill with Domain Cleveland here. And we have before us... Kevin from Buck Cherry. What's going on, man? Uh, what's going on with you? I'm good. Oh, it's just finally cooling down man it was hot as hell today yeah yeah we we just uh came off the stage there it's uh it's cooking out there how's the reaction out there it's killer i mean there's there's a ton of people out there you know i think i think they're starting to get a little bit of shade finally so thank god getting happier about that <laughs> yeah so what's been going on uh man we just been uh buck cherry's been on the road since uh january basically this year um we just stayed out we've uh we we went we started off the year with some shows in the states and then we went over to the UK and did like a UK Europe tour. Um, came right back, uh, started up again. Uh, where were we? In the states again, I suppose. I can't remember. <laughs> and then we hit this big summer tour that we've been out on since um, I guess uh, early June. No, 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 end of May, something like that. Yeah. So we just been out uh, states. We have a new record that dropped. Uh, maybe you know War Paint. Yeah. And, um, yeah, what's the whole plan? We're going to uh, Japan and Australia in October. Uh, part of Australia? Um, I believe, this is actually my first time to Australia. Is it? Yeah, um, I think there's, I saw Perth on there, Sydney, um, Melbourne. I think that's, uh, I think there's like four four gigs, and then we go to Japan from there. Oh, nice, they get a nice little tour over there. Yeah, yeah. It's nice. Yeah. I've been to Australia a bunch of times, and... And when you get to Sydney, make sure you have them take you to the King's Cross. Okay. That's the red light district, so. Oh, well, yeah, you can't miss that, right? I hear you. That's where entertainment's at. Right. And um, what, are the, what are the things that you, what do you like looking for when you go overseas that you have in common with yourself? Like, I like finding McDonald's or KFC wherever I go. Uh, um, that's funny. Um, uh, I actually lived in the UK. I was in another band uh, like 10 years ago, and, and we were over there for like two and a half years. Um, and uh, I think I went to McDonald's once <laughs> that whole time. I don't know. Um, I mean, I love it over there. Uh, my family's actually, uh, they're immigrants, you know. My mom's Irish. My dad's German. Okay. Um, so I, I loved, I hadn't been to those countries since I was a little kid, you know, uh, before I started playing in bands and everything. So it was nice to kind of reconnect, I felt, with, you know, I felt kind of in, in, like, my own skin, you know. I, I like the cold weather, all that stuff, you know. The weather sucks when it's cold. Yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, it's not. It's not like. I mean, we're up here though, where it gets really shitty for yeah. for months and months and months. I mean, at least you get a lot of rain there for sure. But um, I don't know. I, I love it, you know. But I, I'm a, I'm an LA boy. I was born and raised in LA, so yeah. What's your favorite? Do they have Robertos up there? What is it? Robertos. Robertos. Mexican food restaurants in Los Angeles. Yeah. I know they're all down through San Diego and all down in the southern part. Oh yeah, the Halbertos and Halbertos. Well, God, man. I mean, I you know people will argue, you know, uh, about San Diego or, or Southern Cal or you know way south yeah. uh, versus L.A. Mexican food. Um, I don't I don't know who's got who's got the best. I know L.A.'s it's hard to beat with, with Mexican food. I mean, mostly it's the trucks, like the taco trucks that have oh, the yeah. best. Um, you have the chain restaurants and everything too, but. Uh, people will line up up for those trucks. We were we were on tour with uh, POD all last summer, and they're from San Diego. So there was a thing like they're like, oh yeah, no, no, no. We're like, no, no, LA's LA's the best, best Mexican. But but they'll they won't agree to that. Were you were you kicking around there during um, 
the heyday in, in the 80s over in L.A.? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Tell me some stories. How about the cat house and shit like that? Yeah, well, shoot, man. I, I have, um, you know, as well as my, I have a long history with Buck Cherry. I've only, yeah. I've only played in the band for like two and a half years now. Okay. But um, I know these guys. We, we kind of came up in the same time. Uh, different bands and everything. Um, Stevie and I played in a band for a while too, uh, before Buck Cherry. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I've known Josh and Stevie since like the early '90s. Okay. Um, that cat, ho- cat House was going still at that point. It was just ending, um, coming to an end. Uh, but yeah, man. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know, I, I, I was I started going out to that that real. Uh, vibrant, you know, rock scene in the late '80s as a teenager, you know. Uh, so as a kid, and um, you know, saw all those bands in the clubs, you know, saw the Poisons, the Guns N' Roses, the, uh, all that stuff be- way before they got signed. I saw Guns N' Roses in front of like 20 people at the Stardust Ballroom. It's not there anymore. There's a Home Depot there now. Yeah. I lived down in San Diego in '86, or '86 and '91. Yeah. And we just go up to LA like every almost every other weekend. If I wasn't in Tijuana, I'd be up there in LA yeah. just hit, walking the street, going to Casaris and Rainbow right. and stuff. Yeah, I mean that's that was a uh, you know a stomping ground for so many you know. Um, and you know, I, I, for me, the fondest memories of that scene were sort of before the world found out about it. Oh yeah. You know, before, I mean, uh, I, uh, you know, I think when when uh, like the Metal Years film came out and all this kind of stuff, and then uh, people really started flocking to Sunset yep. you know, and that whole scene, and um, and that's that's fine, I guess. But I, I think uh, we felt like when I was a teenager, we felt like we were on the tail end. Of the the stuff that Motley Crue and Wasp and Rat had built, you know, yeah. and then it was really exciting to see these this brand new uh, breed of you know of GNR and these bands come come right. you know yeah and I meanwhile I was just a little knucklehead yeah. trying to learn how to even be in a band and I didn't you know I think I got my first record deal in like ninety five years later but yeah I remember the key thing that stuck out to me was the little stores that they had. Where you get to buy all the rock star clothes and the studs and the spikes and all the weird stuff and all the flyers all up and down on the poles and everything. Yeah. You just see them there, then you see them on the floor, and you yeah. walk back an hour later to be filled with more new ones. Up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, have, I had a few experiences with the West Hollywood sheriffs, like doing that, uh, they call it wheat pasting. It's like a wallpaper paste that you carry in a bucket, you know? You go out there and just, it's the dirtiest, shittiest job that you do late at night, you just cover everything up. Nowadays, they, they, I think they'd literally put you in jail for, you know, destroying the, the, the street stuff like that. Um, but back then, it was kind of a, uh, it was a free-for-all, you know. And, and, and the telephone poles had all the nails all, yeah, all over them. Yeah, yeah, decades of just like, like I think there were some like, you know, mamas and papas and doors posters on yeah. the same telephone poles, you know. Yeah. Well, some, um, some of the things that really stuck out in your head, though. Like some some weird things that happen. I know you see a lot of weird stuff on the streets. Uh, you mean from that time? Yeah. I mean, um, weird. I mean, you know, it's uh, around any uh, kind of music scene. There's obviously you know all kinds of weirdness. I mean, you know, it depends how weird you get. I mean, I I, I sort of uh, you know I, I I I sort of came up playing in bands just after that point uh, le- for real, legitimately or whatever, and. Um, and there was a, there was a really kind of dark drug scene that happened in LA during that time. Uh, that's that's not really weird. That's just dark. Wait, what? But yeah, that's that's the way that was. Um, and uh, I mean, you know, for me, what's what's weird and kind of really cool was, like I said, to to have seen um, some of those bands that uh, you know nobody had any idea that Guns N' Roses was going to be oh, yeah. what they became. And um, and uh, you know, uh, over the years and stuff. Um, you know, I've got friends in that camp and the whole thing, and uh, I've got to play shows with those guys, and uh, it, it's kind of neat to connect the dots from like way back then. You know, when when they were just as hungry and dirty as everybody else. You know, and anyways, yeah, it, 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 I guess it's kind of cool. Just to, every generation has the band they saw in the clubs or whatever. Yeah. I suppose you know. What do you think? What do you think killed um, hair metal back then? What killed it? Yeah. I mean, I think it had as long of a run as, as something like that can have. You know, I, I, I think um, I think the music started suffering. You know, it became about about hair metal, or it came it became about a you know a, a fashion and whatever. Uh, 
just became a caricature of whatever. Um, I, so I think probably probably uh, probably the music. You know, I, I, I don't I don't remember. I can't think of any bands that. Uh, I mean, without without like you know. I'm looking into it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can. Um, it seemed like there was such. An it's over, over, it was such oversaturated of bands getting yeah. signed, and for my what I thought, yeah. and a bunch of shitty bands that were getting signed too, that was right. getting pushed, and, and it just kind of like made the music to sound overall gave it a bad, bad rap. Right, and then you you had like these really exciting music scenes, uh, you know, in Seattle and in Minnesota, and um, and you had bands that were. Uh, that weren't experiencing that hype or anything, you know, um, until they did it for themselves, you know. So I, th- I think just it's weird with scenes, right? It just changes, and and these days, like you can't. I don't think you could even say there's an LA rock scene or whatever. It's sort of like um, I guess there's plenty of plenty of uh, places to play or whatever, but um, not like those days where it felt like everybody was trying to get the same thing, at that, right. you know. And and now people are leaving their leaving their houses and moving out there and right. just dropping everything up. You think of the old Poison videos, you know, when they're getting off the buses and shit, working the streets and all Right. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's funny, we just played uh, with Brett Michaels the other night. Oh, did you? And, uh, you know... Um, How did Pete treat you guys? Uh, who's, Pete, because guitarist. Oh, I, I, I don't know him. I don't know, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Brett Michaels is uh, very cordial, you know, Human being is is very friendly, you know, um, uh, and uh, yeah, I remember him. He, you know, when those guys first came to L.A. actually, and my my little band was playing the Troubadour, and those guys came to a couple of our shows and tried to get us on shows with them, but then they just kind of blew up. Um, but uh, what were we saying about? Um, I don't even know. Got sight. Or some of the bands that you were in. That I was in. Um, it's about you. It's about me, isn't it? Yeah. What do we? We started talking about the scene. I go on forever, you know. The old it's days. All right. um, yeah. Um, I uh, I played in a band called American Pearl. Uh, it was back in the early 2000s, and we were signed to Wind Up. Um, Stevie played in that band with me too. Stevie, the other guitar player in Buck Cherry. Uh, and um, I played in a band called Orson. That was. Uh, we were based in the UK though. We were an LA band, uh, but we got signed in, out of London, so they wanted us to live there. Um, and uh, those are the those are the two ones anybody would really have heard of. Yeah, I had a band called Soul in the in the '90s in LA, um, and we're actually making a another record actually 20 years later. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a really cool story too with those guys. But um, yeah, so those are yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think like this whole this whole rock world sort of just gets smaller and smaller the longer you survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So, what are some of the things that you do when you're not with the band that breaks your breaks all the monotony? When I'm not with the band on the road or at home yeah. or what uh, on the road? Yeah. I mean, at home, uh, you know, I'm a I'm a family guy these days. I have a ten year old daughter, and um, you know, she takes a lot of my time, and that's you know, that's that's kind of like my favorite time ever doing that stuff, um, just being dad. Uh, and uh, you know, but I'm always—I uh, have a studio at home as well, so I'm always in there, um, you know, working on that soul record now too. And I—I uh, I did like I composed for TV for for a few years and stuff too. So I was—I was busy doing that uh, just before I jumped on with Buck Cherry. Uh, on the road, you know, um, I don't know—I I don't mind wandering off on my own and and uh, just kind of having that free time. You know, it's stuff I don't get at home. You know, which which my wife just hates me for, <laughs> you know. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, you you just like to be in an interesting place usually, you know, and not not some side of the road or whatever where there's where you know you got to keep yourself busy. You know? Yeah. You try to get your kid involved in music. Um, a bit. I mean, I'm supportive. You know, uh, she's uh, she's very very musical, very interested in music. Uh, I actually she sings. She plays a little piano. Um, I actually took her to. Uh, we live in Nashville now. I, we moved there about three years ago, and I took her to the uh, America's Got Talent audition. Oh, sweet. Yeah, in Knoxville, and um, and yeah, she did great. You know, she she didn't make it, but she did great. Um, so I mean, yeah. Uh, 
I think it's uh, it's in her DNA probably, you know, and, which is weird. I don't know where it comes from because my parents were not musicians or anything. Um, my dad is kind of a writer, you know, he's uh, good with a pen or whatever, but um, yeah, it's weird, like who ends up with that, that music bug, you know. I did the same thing with my daughter, she's 10. And I did the same thing, you know, my, I have other kids, and I've had them all around music. I've been doing this for like 15 years, been, you know, working with radio and blah, 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 and yeah. bands my whole life. And so um, they, they've been jaded with being real young, you know, meeting bands and stuff. Right. And so I wanted to get my daughter, when she started getting older, I said, you got to follow your dad's footsteps. So you're the last of the Mohicans. So I got her Flying V, I got her Jackson, got her V, um, tried to get her to play it. She, she knows how to scratch on the strings. She knows how to throw the picks. She knows how to dance. But she's like, Daddy, I don't think I want to do this. I said, no, you're going to learn this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And she, so she's like taking dance. She loves to sing and stuff. So right. I tried to you know, keep the music thing. And I said, it doesn't really matter to me. It'll break my heart. You don't want to play the guitar. Yeah. I said, but whatever kind of music you do, I, you can quit later on, but this is a great foundation in your mind. You know, get you to grow, and so hopefully it just sticks with her and stuff. Yeah, I mean, man, in these days it's such a different game. You know, like you don't even—I wouldn't even know how to like really direct her uh, career-wise, or yeah. you know, how to go about it. You know, she's better off learning stuff on YouTube than listening to me. Cause oh, I, I, everybody yeah. says, "Why don't you teach her?" You know, you were playing guitar since '79. Why don't you? Why don't you teach your kid? I said, I don't have the patience for that. I try, and I get so frustrated. Yeah, I just can't relate how to. Go to be a beginner again to Yeah, and also, I mean, I I, I relate to that, uh, and I I tried to I think early on, and I realized I'm not a teacher. That's that's yeah. a whole other thing is being a teacher, and I'm not I'm not really good at that, you know. Yeah. I tell her, you play this rock rock Smith, whatever the hell this guitar thing is, plug it in, try to play it, she can't do it. I'm like, watch YouTube, cause that's that's the go-to thing. Yeah. They got a bunch of people on there who can show you. Yeah. I can't even play that stuff when he started going on there. Yeah. You, gotta, you learn it all by ear and stuff. Right. No theory. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's a whole new world with, with music, right? Yeah. What's your last tattoo you got? Last tattoo. Uh, oh, I got my, uh, I got these knuckles done here. Uh, I got these actually last year on the road, and then I got these done just a couple months ago in Salt Lake, baby blue. Uh, it's kind of like, uh, it's part of my daughter. I'll tell I'll tell my daughter it's her, but it's uh, for me it's sort of you know with with the Bob Dylan lyrics you know I, I'm kind of you know that that lost innocence kind of idea you know so yeah. So how can people get a hold of your music? Uh, Buck Cherry is is everywhere you know. Um, uh, however, wherever you find music these days, you'll, you'll find Buck Cherry there too. I mean it's. Uh, War Paint dropped in March, so we, we have a new video for uh, the song Right Now that just came out um, that we shot. It was kind of cool. We shot it at a like a like a, uh, a kickboxing gym down in um, Seal Beach, which is like uh, associated with Affliction and all that, all those okay. brands. Um, I can't remember the guy's name uh, right now. Sorry, but uh, yeah, so we shot we shot the video down there, and. Um, and that's out. So, and we'll be out all the way through August. Uh, we got a little break, and then we, we hit Japan. We go back to the UK at the end of the year. Uh, we have some more stuff in the states in the fall. Yeah. How many different languages have you learned over the years? Um, or how much little pieces of? It? Yeah, I mean all kinds of little pieces, but uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I mean, growing up in LA, like uh, my my really really bad Spanish, you know comes in sometimes when I used to drink I'd be able to speak decent Spanish <laughs> but uh, yeah um, and you know my, my dad's German but uh, I didn't I didn't really I can understand when he's talking but I can't really pick it up myself so I barely know English I guess is the answer gotcha. yeah can you do us a quick favor yeah can you do a promo ID for our radio shows this is the first one this is for um, the main Cleveland one Telling me to say something else there. Okay. <laughs> Ad lib. Okay. Maximum say your name, the band you're with, you listen to Maximum Threshold, and throw something crazy out at the end of it, and don't put no thought into it. Okay. All right. It's okay if you fuck up. Okay. Hey, this is Kevin from Buck Cherry. You're listening to Maximum Threshold music, where I'm told it's okay if you fuck up. Perfectly. Thank you, man. I appreciate right. it. Thanks, Tom. Yeah. Anytime. All right. Stay cool. Have a good one. Oh, you too. All right.
I guess we're doing a uh, too drunk to fuck, right? <laughs> Hey guys, this is Ron from YouTube's Rock and Metal News, and this is your Maximum Threshold Rock and Metal News Report. Tool have officially released most of their catalog now, including their 1992 debut EP, Opiate, their debut album, Undertow, Anima, Lateralis, and 2006's 10,000 Days on digital retailers and streamers. You can now check them out on Spotify and Apple Music, among other platforms. It's been a long time, so enjoy the tool now on uh, the streaming sites. Black Dahlia Murder, they announced some headlining tour dates, which coincide with their tour with Black Label Society. So you can check them out on some headline shows. Uh, Check the band's official website for the tour dates. And Mark Hunter, who was the vocalist and co-founder of Chimera, 
has stated he was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. Mark stated, and this is a partial statement, hello friends, there's no easy way to say it, I have thyroid cancer. Last year during a physical, my doctor discovered a large mass in my neck. I had two fine needle biopsies, but the results were inconclusive. A week ago, I had half of my thyroid removed so doctors could better test the tumor. The results were positive for papillary cancer, the most common of thyroid cancers. Luckily, it also has a high cure rate. There is no known cause for this type of cancer, but it's likely genetic. There weren't any symptoms either. The next step is to remove the rest of my thyroid on August 12th and explore radioactive iodine treatment. I should probably sit on a beach somewhere after that. Leaving you with my favorite quote, that which does not kill us makes us stronger. So all the best for Mark Hunter and uh, hope for a quick recovery on that. And N minor, the band featuring Pantera and more vocalist Phil Anselmo, collaborating with Superjoined and I Hate God musicians, released a new song titled On the Floor. Uh, it's on YouTube now. It's off their 7-inch, which is out through Phil's Housecore Records. So you can take a listen to that on YouTube. Uh, interesting style for Phil, more of a calmer sort of style uh, for Phil's singing in this one and devourment they released a not safe for work video for a virulent strain of retaliation a crazy video you got to check out on youtube but not for the faint of heart it's off their album obscene majesty you can check that out this is ron from youtube's rock and metal news with a z and this has been your maximum threshold rock and metal news report thanks for tuning in You want to listen to Maxim Threshold Radio on your phone? You can do so. The app is out there, baby. Tune in radio. Go to your little market there and download Tune In Radio. Just type it in the search. Tune in radio. Once you download that app, click it, activate it, blah blah blah. Search Maximum Threshold. That's once again that's Tune In Radio. You can also catch the podcast on there also. Uh, real nice. Check it out. Tune in radio for Maxwell Threshold Radio Live. Miss the live show? Go to stitcherradio.com and search Maximum Threshold and listen in today. That's Maximum Threshold and Stitcher Radio, a match made in heaven. listening to Maximum Threshold on the net, where Dom just sacrificed a live goat in the name of METAL! Hey, what's up? I'm Ronnie from the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus, and you are listening to today's... Okay. What's up? I'm Ronnie from the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus, and you're listening to Maximum Threshold. May the force be with you. Little back to Maximum Threshold Radio. That's right, we're back, baby. I got another. I'm gonna do another interview. I'm gonna knock this one out here. Uh, I've teased you there with a the little red jumpsuit apparatus, so I might as well throw it at you. <laughs> Listen to Ronnie, and you get to hear um, this. I think Bill did a lot of the talking in this one. So, um, guys, have fun, man. Um, here you go, man. Check this out. This is the red jumpsuit apparatus. Come back after this, and then we'll get out of here, making us a nice little fun little night for you. So, take care, everybody. Don't go anywhere. Here it is, Ronnie from the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. This is Bill Bailey with uh, today's Boondoggle from Domain Cleveland Radio, being joined by Dominic Rini, Maximum Threshold. And we are here with... Hey, I'm Ronnie from the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. Awesome. Good to have you, man. Took me a little bit to get hooked up here, but... Welcome to the bandwagon. Yeah, the bandwagon. I'm literally jumping on the bandwagon here today, man. 
nice though. You guys got a good good uh, parking spot too. I mean, you're right by the I think the warden's office over there. Yep, we're sucking in the energy, <laughs> the power up to the show. Nice, nice. So you guys um, gonna get a chance to go inside and check out some of the uh, yeah. That doesn't always happen, um, but luckily uh, our tour manager was able to get it. The stars aligned, so after we go on, we're gonna take the tour tonight. Nice. Stoked on it. It's be that. nice and cool there, too. Yeah, it'll be later in the evening, but I'm just glad we're even gonna get to do it. A lot of times when you're in a band, you're in and out. You know, oh, so a lot of times you're flying in and out, and like you hardly ever even get to see the city, much less anything that's within walking distance. So, like, and even when you are in a cool place, you're still in and out. Yeah. So, it's nice to be able to actually take advantage of it. And you got people telling you guys strict schedule, you gotta be here, be there. Yeah, you can't do what you want to do. Yeah, it's well, you know, part of the business. But yep. today we get to do it, so that's great. That's awesome. That's great. They, uh, I mean, especially with such a historical monument like that, we're literally parked outside of right now. Uh, I mean, not just for Shawshank and the Redemption movie, but uh, you know, a lot of music videos, bands have used. I'm sure you guys might scout out some areas where. Yeah, we're gonna go ahead and take some sh photos while we're here. Cool. Jump on the bandwagon. So what's the, what have you guys been up to that's uh, been going on with me? Uh, we had an all-night drive. I drove from midnight till almost 5.30 a.m. And then I tagged out with my brother Randy, and he plays guitar also. Uh, he drove from uh, 5.30 to noon, and then 1 o'clock was sound check, and we sound checked, and then uh, 3 o'clock was interviews. So it's been drive, 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 sound check, interview. Are you uh, on a tour, or are you just Yeah, yeah. We're on a tour, it's called the Don't Hide Your Light Tour, which is just what we've named um, a various series of tours that we're doing, and this one's in this region. So this is actually the first leg, and we have a second leg and a third leg. So that's pretty cool, it's going awesome, man. So it's it's nice to be doing headlining shows every night and then jump on a festival here. You're, you're, supposed, know, you're supposed to be playing up in the Cleveland area yeah. here pretty soon, playing um, a little community event, Yeah, which is are. pretty interesting, I saw that. Yeah. We do all kinds of shows. I mean, we came from the underground, so I mean, we're very comfortable there. We always have been. Um, we like to joke that, you know, like, you know, we're the kings of the emo underground, you know what I mean? It always have been. So then we put our little mainstream hats on and do these big festival shows, and everyone's like, yeah, I love that band. Yeah. And we're here. We just don't market ourselves the way um, bands on major labels do. We've been there. We've done that. And we went back into the underground where we felt comfortable and just been crushing it there for about eight years, and it's been nice. And I think I remember seeing you guys back in the day at Peabody's. Yeah. Peabody's? Yeah, of course. Yeah, man. That, that was, was a big show, actually. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, a pretty big room. Yeah. That was a good one. You know, it's... Fortunately, that's no longer. The building's gone. Gone. Out. Dang. You know, yeah, we'll go back to those towns and be like, wasn't there something here? And, you know, we know a little bit about everywhere. You know, most, a lot of citizens know their own town, but yeah. we've seen that sad story many times over and over again, so I didn't know that, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of the management from Peabody's now are part of the Decora. Oh, gotcha. The Decora's still going. They just had a yeah. facelift or something, you know. So yeah, put a cool. huge Jeep bought into it, put a couple million dollars in the building. And there you go. So it looks pretty sweet. Right on. What's you know? It's a, it's a sweet town. Everybody. And the fantasy is making a comeback, so maybe we'll catch you guys there. Or something. <laughs> yeah, but we'll play wherever they put us. You know, it's we never really know where we're gonna wind up. It's like you know, it just always depends on the routing. It's interesting, you know. Most of the times you just talk about songs and interviews, but in this it's taking kind of a fun turn for me because I run the business. So like, what you do is you just make yourself available, and then certain promo promoters have either already guaranteed the room to another artist or they haven't. So we might wind up at the venue you just mentioned or the one you mentioned or somewhere else. It's not even so much about money or capacity all the time. A lot of it's about availability. When you're available as opposed to when they have an opening as opposed to which day of the week and which month that is. So it's it's kind of fun at first when you're, when you're pitching a tour, it's almost like a bingo. You know, it's almost like this rolling bingo thing and then you'll get, okay, well, well, Cleveland responded, they got a room, this one, and this, you know, Pittsburgh can do it, but only this room, and then, you know, we make a judgment call and then we route a tour, you know what I mean? So, you never know, because of that, that's how the underground touring artists do it. And you never know, sometimes we play huge venues, sometimes we supply small ones, it depends on what's available. It's actually just what's available. Now, um, where did you just drive in from? Because you said you put it Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah, 600 miles. Wow. wow. Yeah. So, a lot of that's 55 miles an hour, too. Yeah, we have a big ah. festival going on over there pretty soon. Yeah, we played one yesterday at Life Fest. It was amazing. It was so huge. Really great. Yeah. It's free. You should check it out. It's awesome. We do it every year. 
Nice. Yeah, I mean, I, we were on our way driving down here from Cleveland. I was telling him, I'm like, once my youngest daughter finishes high school, because we saw a couple of RVs go by, I'm like, that's the life I want to live. Yeah. You know? That's great. It's like, you just go see the rest of the world. Yeah, it's I one of those two. Before, you know, when we were in the Navy and stuff. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I want to actually be able to, like you said, be able to stop and enjoy things. And see yeah. Things, you know? It's worth it, man. I hope you get to do that. Um, so are you guys excited about playing tonight? Sure, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, we've been looking forward to it for a while now, you know, since they announced the lineup. Um, we've known some of the Shangan guys for a long time. They always put on a just killer show. We've played a lot of different random shows with those with them over the years, you know, for various different big radio stations. So it's always fun seeing them again live. They're great. Um, as far as us, like, we're very comfortable on the mainstream festival circuit. You know, we have... Uh, 10 charting number one singles in our last 16 years so we've done it many times so but we are definitely looking forward to this one a little bit more than usual because it is so unique you know we've never been here we've never played this show at this prison so it's different most times just a parking lot like blah 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 speedway or blah 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 fairground so of course we've been looking forward to it just because of the uniqueness you know have you had a chance to like walk around and check out the grounds or anything yet? Or? Nope. We drove, got here, sound check, now interviews. So I will though at some point. After this is a photo shoot, then another interview, and then I think I have like thirty minutes, so maybe right then. Okay, cool. Yeah, you definitely got to be for a good time. Yeah. What do you think is one of the key things that keep you relevant in the music these days? I don't think we're relevant. And I think that we are okay with that and we haven't been for a long time. And I don't even know if our genre is. But we're comfortable there. And like we have such a great core fan base that's worldwide that it's just never really affected us because we never gave up on them. Yeah. Like we just kept putting out the music that our fans want to hear and not the music that the marketing side of the industry wants to hear. We just made a decision after the first record, you know, because we were faced with pretty clear opportunities and directions that we could go in. We could continue to go to the way they wanted us to go which would probably alienate most of our fan base inevitably, which almost always happens. And then you do get bigger because you tap into this top 40 mainstream, but do you stay there forever? I don't know. Some have, some haven't. But are you anything like that first record at all? Almost never. You know, And that's what we experienced with our second record. And we're like, okay, we got to do it our way the first time, their way the second time. I didn't like their way. So from now on, we're going to go back to how we did it the first time, and we're only going to do it like that. So I believe because of that, we have stayed relevant in the only place that it matters, which is our specific fan base only. As far as outside of the world, they don't know who we are, yeah. and that's, that's okay, we don't care. Is there, do you keep in contact with your fans? Yeah, all the time. You know, there, our fans have always been very socially active on social media before it was even cool. Yeah. We were known as one of those bands that blew up on MySpace first, before Facebook was even out. So when Facebook came out, we were huge on that. When the next one comes out, I presume we'll be huge on that. Yeah. It's really not even much doing of ours. Our fans just find the new platform and they start following our account when we didn't even know it was there. And then we just say, hey, we're that band. And they're like, oh, whoops, oh, here you go. And, you know, we're like, hey, guys, we're on here now. And they're like, hey, we've been waiting for you. You know, and it's, it's, it's like they, it's, they got their mind of their own, man. And, you know, and it's like so cool. And I think that's because, you know, like I said, we just walked away from that other system and we give them what they want. Is there a nickname that you give your fans? We call them the Alliance. A lot of bands have already used that. So it's not like a trademark or thing. It's like, hey, whatever, man, we call you guys the Alliance. Like, if you want to get mad about that, cool. If you think that's cool, cool. It's just a fan base term. Um, you know, I'm a big Star Wars fan, so, you know, the Rebel Alliance was something I grew up yeah. just saying all the time. So, really, you know, we're not ripping off any bands. Really, I'm just tipping my hat to Star Wars. Anyone who's known me my whole 36 years has known from five and up I've been a crazy Star Wars fan. So, it's more of that, but uh, we call them the Alliance, you know, because I'm a Star Wars dork, really. Nice. Well, now you just opened up the door to Worms. Yeah. Because I grew up Star Wars. <laughs> Huge Star Wars. What we should... What were your personal thoughts on The Last Jedi? It got a lot of bad. I saw that. You know, like, when people review a film bad, I think the same thing about when they review a record bad. And maybe it's because I'm an artist. I don't know. But I still felt like this when I was a teenager. I remember when I was 16 or 17, if somebody dissed an album from a band that I liked, I didn't like them anymore. Yeah. I didn't even want to hang out with them anymore because they just weren't on my vibe. Like, they were wrong, first of all. I didn't agree with anything that they had to say. And I have my own mind. I'm a free-thinking person. 
I was lucky enough to be raised that way. I've never been a follow the grain kind of guy. So when I see bad reviews on a film, I just don't care. I go see it anyway, which I did. If the Hawkins AV... And, yeah, and I thought it was great, whatever. Like, I mean, I thought it was a fantastic Star Wars film. Like, I loved it from the beginning to the end. There was a lot of questions, but my, I kept thinking to myself, man, this feels so much like Empire Strikes Back because I had so many questions. So I kind of understood in my mind, I was able to tap into where I was when I was a kid. Remember, like, that's why I loved Empire Strikes Back more than the other two, even though, you know, the most popular, I believe, is Return of the Jedi. I always liked Empire because it was so conflicting. At the end of that one, you were just angry almost, but fulfilled. Like, what just happened? You had to see it twice, right? Well, that's how I felt about The Last Jedi. I had to see it twice. And when I saw it again, I liked it even better. So then I watched it like another five times, and now I'm like, now I really like it, and I'm ready for the next one. So that's my answer. That's how I am with movies. I gotta, if I watch it once, I get a bad vibe off it. I'll, and it's something I think I should like, that people are telling me. It, I, I, I take that time to reinvest into it and see if, if, if their comments were right, if they're valid or not, so I can make my own judgment on it. Well, so the like, thing is, like, their comments were, I guess, right to them. Right. But we're all individuals. We Correct. all have different tastes, you know? Like, because of everybody's big whatever with The Last Jedi, they were, like, ban, trying to ban uh, the Solo movie. I thought the Solo movie was great. I finally saw it, and again, I loved it. Again, I know a lot of people didn't. I don't understand that at all. When I hear, when I read the bad review, I, I, look, I feel like I'm, you know, reading German. You know what I mean? I'm like, this guy is not watching the same movie I'm watching. So then it just makes you wonder, like, is this some kind of like, what is this? Like, what's going on? You know, did you watch this? Like, did, or did you show up at the theater? Or it's just, you laid on a deadline, man. Because, you know, I've seen that happen in real life. And a lot of people who don't know that, who have never been involved in the media world, don't know that there's these ghost reviews that happen. You know, somebody wasn't even there. You know what I mean? So, whatever, man. I saw the movie. I thought it was great. And, that, and that's the thing, too. I mean, with, with social media, I mean, that's one of the negatives, the main negatives. It's like somebody could, one person can start a, like a tidal wave of negativity, yeah. you know, and everybody catches on, and then they, you know, and it's a shame. I try and, you know, I got two teenage daughters. Well, one just turned 18, but uh, I try and tell them, like, think Good luck. Yeah, thank you. But uh, I'm like, do your own thing. Don't be a leader, not yeah. a follower. You know, follow your heart, because seems with social media and all that everybody's like ah, they get mad or you know whatever join some cause that they don't even know nothing about right you know? yeah and that's pretty scary the age of misinformation right yeah i try not to be an expert on anything you know because i all i went into now is experts on everything and i'm like man i'm dumb because you guys all know more than me but then they can't do anything right so then they got to come ask me how to do it the dumb guy smartphones are making yeah. I try to learn a lot of a lot of little things, have it all add up. Yeah. I tell people that's why I went to college. That makes me a good candidate to be on Jeopardy. There you go. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that too. I, I, tried, I actually tried out for Jeopardy. I lost by one. Ah, dang one it! Point to get on try again. Yeah. It, that was years ago. Try again, man. I would. That's they how. Had, that's how we all, made it. They had some crazy questions they were asking someone <laughs> in 1975 in Israel. Who was the prime minister? And, and who are the people that met with them? I'm like, how? I don't know. I don't know either. But I, I knew all this other it's crazy questions. Yeah, if it's on, man, I'm, I'm hooked on that one. Yeah. Still, to this day. Still love Jeopardy. Nice. Maybe they'll do like a, a Screamo uh, episode. <laughs> if they do, I'll probably get invited to that one. There you go, yeah. yeah and and uh, thoughts and prayers and positive energy to Alex Trebek, man, while we're on the subject. Yeah. Cancer, man. Yeah, fighting the fight. You know, we have a band member right now whose mom is also fighting cancer. So it's very close to us right now, currently. So, you know, anybody who's listening is going through that. We understand the struggle 100%. Yeah, a good friend of ours that uh, we served with in the Navy, uh, Tim Daly, is battling lung cancer at the moment. So. Yeah, man. It's crazy. How much it is. Listen to the doctors, you know, do yeah. what they tell you to do. Uh, I believe that. It's like, you know, big pharma. Yeah. Making customers not, you know, curing people. That's <laughs> well, a whole other rabbit hole, right? Yeah, well, we got, you know, where I live, it's, 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 you know, I live in California, so it's, um, it's pretty, we're, we're pretty on it, man. The support which, systems which are there. I live about 51 miles east of LA in a town called Fontana, which
which is technically in the city of San Bernardino. Okay. So a little outside LA, about an hour east. Is it by Palm Springs? Yep. So I'm in between Palm Springs and LA, essentially. So, you know, it's very like, you know... I almost bought a house over here. It's great, man. I love it. But I it, bought, almost bought it on eBay. Oh, <laughs> on eBay. What? Holy cow. I was doing I was at some event out there and I remember driving around and you leave Palm Springs and you're right in the desert, there's like nothing there. Then there's like one or two straggler houses on the way there. Oh yeah. And you got the crosses put up there where you know people got killed at. And so I figured this is probably one of the, one of these houses that you're trying to sell like thousand dollars. Yeah, well I'll tell you what, <laughs> you'd probably be a millionaire now. Yeah. But that's one good thing about California, that we're very hip on our cancer research and our, and our support systems of that, and we take it very seriously. So. Yeah, ahead of the curve with uh, the whole cannabis legalization. Oh, yeah, you're going to bring that up, too. Yeah, well, that wasn't my idea, but um, the state, it's its legal. I mean, it is kind of silly that it's illegal. Let's just be yeah. honest, it's a plant, so I'll throw I mean, that out there. You know, because whatever. Big Pharma go out of business if you grow your own medicine. Yeah, you know? I mean, everybody's got their own opinion on it. Um, I'm not Mr. Bob Marley myself, but, like, I do... Uh, I've seen tons of medical research on how it's good, and anything's better than drinking and driving, I can tell you that. So, like, if you, I mean, I'm just a logical guy, you know, and most of the people I know who smoke pot are, like, super easy to get along with and really funny. So, like, it just doesn't seem so something that should be illegalized. Like, I, I don't know. I just, if you've actually, I think the only people who say that are people who have never experienced it or been around people who are doing it normally. You know, so like they've either never smoked a joint, which is crazy to me. And like, how can you even talk about it unless you haven't tried it? And then, or they have never just been involved in it and they've lived in this sterile, you know, environment. And if that's the case, they're going to be afraid of everything. Of course, they're afraid of pot. They're afraid of everything. You know, they're afraid of humans even, you know. So regular, most regular normal people, they're like, yeah, what, whatever. It's no big deal. It's like nature's Tylenol, man, whatever. Next topic, you know. Well, back, back to the whole like uh, propaganda machine. I mean, a lot of these people were misinformed about Correct, yeah. Well, like I said, believe it or not, there's a lot of normal people out there. So you can see the states are legalizing it one on one at a time on their own. And I just support the dem uh, de democratic process, you know, democracy in general. You know, like, um, it doesn't matter, like, if I'm a Republican or a Democrat and I get my way. I just like the fact that we can actually do stuff, and we can. And what a great example. California is doing that, and they're not the only ones. It's spreading, you know. Florida also just legalized medical, which is fantastic. Why should, you know, it's, it's medical marijuana. People need it. I think Michigan just wasn't got on, on that. Yeah, I don't know we're the still, whole list. We're still waiting for Ohio, man. I'm not like an advocate per se, but I think it's silly that it's illegal. I'll say that. I mean, come on. we got bigger problems, clearly. Yeah. On a side note, I work at a it's very useful to cancer patients and they'll tell you that and there's tons of research that side about it I do know you know I did knew, I did do a, enough to formulate an opinion and what my opinion was I'm pretty sure this is helping people and it's pretty obvious if you just look so, so that I work with the people who are you know they're about to die they're at yeah. that stage so it's um, terminal with bone marrow transplants so that's my area where I work and if it gives them like some some peace pain free peace before you know then what's wrong with that they have, they have some new new um, treatments out. It's called CAR-T. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's called CAR-T. What they do is they take some of the, your, your stem cells out, and they send them out, and they um, they do some stuff with it, and they give your cells back, and the cells are, like, supercharged, and they go in there and find the cancer cells, and they'll attack it. And your chances are, from what I was seeing, it was, like, 80% chance that they can be cured from their cancer. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we're we're pretty on it in California, so probably all my friends already know. But I go on tours for like months at a time, and then I come back, and then they fill me in. Yeah. But you know, that's amazing. It sounds cool. It sounds like these guys are like timer. You know? Oh yeah, we're wrapping it up. Um, where can um, people that want to get to know more about? Us, uh, just like everybody else in the world, just the band name dot com, the red jumpsuit apparatus dot com. Um, you know, that's it, man. You can find everything you want on there. You can find links to anything that you're interested in, from the tour to the music. And you can see uh, us, what we look like. You can read a little bit more in depth about things that we are passionate about and things that we don't care about, stuff like that. I know you wanted to ask you what was the apparatus. Oh, um, well, my original bass player. Um, 
actually left the band and joined the military before our first show. His name was James. He was a really cool guy and a really smart guy. And now he does some stuff that I'm not allowed to talk about. And he's still in the military. So, you know, this was when I was 21. He's still in it now. But every now and then I see him. And it's good when we catch up. He insisted that we put apparatus on the end because then it would mean anything that we wanted it to. And we're like, cool, man, whatever. You're smarter than we are. Let's do it. So he's the reason why. So the red jumpsuit apparatus technically really could be anything. And he's right. Trust me. He's Air Force. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just want to say thanks for your service, both you guys. Uh, we do a lot of MWR and USO shows. We've been to Iraq. We've been to Guantanamo Bay. We've been to almost every base that'll let us in all over the states. We went did all the bases in uh, Japan, and we may even be doing another one soon that I'm not allowed to talk about. But uh, you know, we're one of the bands that don't just talk about it. We go do it. We actually flew over the sands of Iraq in a Black Hawk to the northernmost FOB. No other band had ever played there, only us. And that was crazy. And, you know, that was still when, you know, things were going down. So, like, we support you guys, past and present. If anyone's listening out there, thanks for your service as well. I know uh, when I was over there how much it meant to me to have bands and performers come. I got to be, like, a Scott Stamps uh, security. There you go. And perform for us and stuff. And he actually did a little video because I was my daughter was turning eight years old back home at the time. And he gave her a little shout-out video to her. There you go, man. See? Yeah, we do our we do our thing. So does he. We're not the only ones, but we're the only ones who played the northernmost fob. I'll tell you that. Yeah, awesome, man.
Thank you. <laughs> okay, man. Hey, well, I'm getting ready to get out of here. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I want to, hey, that was a cool interview there with Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. I'm glad I had the time to toss that out there to you guys. I thank Kevin uh, for being on the show tonight from Buck Cherry, and also Ronnie from the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus, and Bill, who is also um, a very integral part of getting that interview together and asking me to jump on board with him on that one i wasn't part of that but um i made my way in there yep so there there you go man it's a fun night for us Uh, a lot of birthdays were out there i was giving shout outs and sorry i'm just choking to death over here let me take a sip Well, like I said, this is episode 564, I want to say it is. And next week, um, I think we got another show lined up. I should have Ron from Ron's World, Ron Williams, be on the show. And also Raven Black interview. So um, those will be fun. Those are fun interviews. Ron's a great guy to talk to. Ron's a guy who goes to all these big festivals and... He gets band members, guitars, and he'll sand them down, fuck them up, and then he'll repaint them and put new logos on them and stuff like that and deck them out and does a great, great job. So we have him on here. We talk to him. And I think also, I'm not sure if James is in on this one from Impending Lies. I'm not sure. I got to listen to it again. I know Bill is next to me. We were on our way out of the festival from incarceration. I had to talk to Ron. So um, we grabbed this one real quick and knocked this out. It was pretty loud and hot, hotter than fucking Satan's taint, I'll tell you that. So, um, yeah, we're out of here, but I want to thank everybody again for tuning in this week, man. Don't forget to check out Buck Cherry. Get all their new stuff out there. Go to their website. As far as Red Jumpsuit Apparatus, they're still on the road. If you're in the Cleveland area, they'll be here in September, but I know they're, they're going all over the place. Check them out. Tell them you heard about them. You heard their interview here on Maximum Threshold Radio. And, man, if you're not busy, uh, subscribe to us. We're on Apple Podcasts, um, Google, whatever the hell that's called, and wherever else you can check us out. We're on Spotify. Subscribe to us. Listen to us. Enjoy us. I think we're going to be back on iHeart as well. So thanks again for tuning in. We're out of here. I'll see you guys next week. Um, yeah. And if you're listening to us live, you get to hear some of this new music I'm about to throw at you. Take care, man. Don't go anywhere. I love you guys. Out of here. Peace out. Horns up. Fist in the air, baby. Just listen to Maximum Threshold Radio Show. Airs live every Saturday night, 8 p.m. until whenever the fuck they shut up. So tune in. It is pointless to resist.